Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. started on tonight's lesson. Welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. This is Pastor Ruth Gardner. We thank you so much for joining us on tonight. We are going into our Bible study lesson, uh, the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, and we're on letter number 19, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to ask Pastor John, will you open us up in prayer on tonight? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> dear heavenly father god we thank you for those of us who have been able to join on today and god we pray lord god that as other people come and log in that you just prepare their hearts and prepare our, prepare our hearts to receive whatever it is that you have for us on today open up our hearts our minds to understand and comprehend whatever is given Lord God, we pray for the teacher on today, Lord God, that you give her the words and the understanding of the lesson and to be able to teach us accurately in accordance to your will. God, we forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank God for today. As we had mentioned earlier, we were happy today it was a good it was like like a big sigh of relief and pressure off our backs we saw everyone getting in sworn in their offices it was just a wonderful occasion but um, nevertheless let us go into our lesson we're on letter number 19 the topic uh the title of this letter is called using love using love and just to read the intro, it said, Screwtape has become a little concerned by Wormwood's previous letter. In his previous letters, Screwtape blundered by uttering that the enemy really loves his creatures. This would be considered heresy in the devil's world. And Screwtape feels it best to explain it away through cynicism. However, he continues his talk on the subject of love, noting that either the acceptance or rejection of quote unquote falling in love can be useful is focused in the right way. The phrase uh, or quote is, and there lies the great task. We know that he cannot really love, nobody can. It doesn't make sense. If we could only found, find out what he is really up to, Hypotheses after hypotheses has been tried and still we can't find out. Screw tape. Okay, so 
um, the letter opens up with Screwtape kind of like trying to talk his way out of something or trying to, uh, to, to um, retract or recant something he said. And as we see in the opening that he said the enemy really loves his creatures and by him making that statement, it's like uh, a, a taboo or a wrong thing to say in the devil's world. So he's trying to cover up his tracks with uh, with wormwood and try to, you know, you know, kind of like w wiggle his way out of getting in trouble. And he also said some things about slub glub, and he was saying something about that too, and you know, just kind of like wiggle his way out of getting in trouble. So I noticed that because remember you was talking about that passage. You said it sounded like he's trying to get himself out of something. It sounds like he was exposed, like so, like they heard things that he was saying, and that uh, you know, he was trying to kind of smooth things back over. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what he. Was, yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, um, a couple things that he had talked about in this this particular letter that pointed out. Um, was one thing was about um, um, first of all about love something one important thing that he pointed out about love was that it doesn't matter if it's good or bad as long as they're able to um, pretty much exploit it, whether it's good or bad. But I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let's go, let's look at some of the questions in the workbook. And I'm gonna start with question number one, trying to get my book together so I can read it. Question number one says, Screwtape displays his cynicism of God's love when he says he's one being, they are distinct from him, their good cannot be his. All his talk about love must be a disguise for something else. He must have some real motive for creating them and taking so much trouble about them. Why is it hard for some people to believe that there is a God who is not motivated by anything other than pure love for his creation? See, it's so hard when somebody don't understand the true meaning of love or someone who can't, who's, who does, doesn't know how to love, they, or let me put it this way. For, for the world, for people who don't understand the love of God, it is hard for them to comprehend that someone can love you with no strings attached. It's hard for someone to just genuinely do something looking for nothing in return. And it's, it's sad, but in today's society, a lot of people just can't comprehend that. Well, you can't comprehend what you don't know and you don't understand or you never received. Right. So when we look at the world's idea of love, it's transactional. Right. And which means that there's no way that you can love me unconditionally. It has to be a condition attached. Right. If you ever if you ever watch LA Law and Order, and especially with the SUV, you'll see people 
who say, why are you being so nice to me? What do you want? You know, they don't, mm -hmm. you know, they don't trust it because it always comes with an expectation of I'm supposed to give you something back in return. Right. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what that is yet. And my experience has taught me that whatever it is, it's not good for me. So it's best for me not to even believe that you love me because no one has ever loved me. And because of our own, all of our, all of our own separate pathologies have grown up with different ideas of what love is because of dysfunctions in the family, you know, that kind of thing. So love has always been to the world transactional. So no yeah. one can ever believe that there's no way God can love me. I don't care. I did this, I did that, but there's no way he can still love me because of what I did. Right. You know what I mean? And so what does he want from me? And there's no way he can love me unconditionally because of course screws take can't understand it because they, they, they have no concept of that at all. Yes. And you know what? And there's four distinct, now we're talking about the topic of love. There are four distinct types of love. Uh, and um, the Bible says that God is love and that humans crave love from the moment of existence. Four unique forms of love are found in scripture. They are communicated through Four Greek words, euros, storge, philia, and agape. And are categorized by romantic love, family love, brotherly love, and God's divine love. So euros is the type of love that is of a romantic. Family love is the love that is through uh, storage. Storage is like through family love. And philia is brotherly love. Agape is God's divine love. So in this sense, it, on the enemy's perspective, in the enemy's perspective, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter which one it is. They just feel that it's a give and take. Like you were saying, Prophet Patrice, it's just a give and take. They don't believe that um, the romantic love or they, 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 don't, they don't differentiate love, the types of love. It's just love is love. Um, and they can't comprehend why, you know, you know, why God loves us. Why, why did he go through all of that? Now, they, according to the letter, if you read the letter, he talked about how um, there was a conversation, quote unquote, a certain conversation that God and, and the devil had concerning his viewpoint on love. Let's go to that. Let's see that one is starting at... Okay. Okay. On let's see in the second second paragraph. Yeah, it is the second paragraph. Whereas halfway down says, um, 
I do not see it. I do not see that it can do any harm to tell you that this very problem was a chief cause of our father's quarrel with the enemy. When the creation of man was first mooted, and when even at that stage, the enemy freely confessed that he foresaw a certain episode about a cross, our father was very naturally sought an interview and asked for an explanation. The enemy gave no reply, except to produce the cock and bull story about disinterested love, which he has been circulating ever since. And that when he means the term disinterested love, it's like, um, it's pretty much unconditional. Like there's no right. interest there's no interest in the love. There's nothing they're trying to get out of it. It's just a disinterested love, just, just loving to be to love, giving to give and not looking for anything in, in return. This right. is our father's naturally, this our father naturally could not accept. He implored the enemy to lay his cards on the table and gave him every opportunity. He admitted that he felt a real anxiety to, to know the secret. The enemy replied, I wish with all my heart that you did. It was, I imagine, at this stage in the interview that our fathers discussed that such an unprovoked lack of confidence caused him to remove himself an infinite distance from the presence with a suddenness which has given to the ridiculous enemy story that <laughs> forcibly thrown. <laughs> Stop laughing, Papa. That he was forcibly thrown out of heaven. Alternative facts. Since then, we have begun to see why our oppressors were so secretive. His throne depends on the secret. Um, so right here in this conversation, according to Screwtape, the enemy, the God, had a conversation with their father, father below, the devil. And because God didn't give the devil a clear clear-cut answer as to why he loved man so much that he abruptly left heaven out of out of just because he didn't he didn't agree with what God was doing but really we know that what the word says and we have scripture to back it up of course um let's see where is it uh as Isaiah 14 somebody get Isaiah 14 12 and Ezekiel 28 and 12. Isaiah 14, 12 and Ezekiel 28 and 12. And we can see what, what, the, what the word says about this quote unquote quarrel that they had. How are thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Go ahead, keep as you are you on Isaiah, right? Yes, you said 12. Yeah, go ahead down to 15, sir. Oh, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the con congregation in the side of the north. Mm. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. 
I will be like the most high. Mm. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the side of the pit. They shall see thee, shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thy, uh, thy saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? Okay. Thank you. You read 16. That's good. That's good. All right. Who got Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19? I have it. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19. Son of man. This is the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him the message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green, peridot, white moonstone, blue-green barrel, ox, green jasper, blue lapis, luzili, turquoise, and emerald, all beautiful crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained you, I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all of your beauty. Your mm -hmm. wisdom was corrupted by the love of your splendor. So mm -hmm. I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. You defiled your sanctuaries with many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought fire out from within you and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. All who knew you were appalled at your fate. You have come to the terrible end and you will exist no more. Whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> From perspective, Satan could not get a believable explanation for God's love of mankind and decided to leave heaven on his own. That's his, that's his perspective. Rumors have mm -hmm. been flying around ever since that he was thrown out. According to scripture, Satan was removed from heaven, not by his own volition, but by his actions of pride. Ultimately, right. the quarrel is about love. Love is a fundamental difference between heaven and hell. Look at number uh, verse three, verse 17 again, the prophetess in Ezekiel. Okay, hold on one second. 28.17. I, I shouldn't tell you to put a, keep, keep, keep it open there. Because someone right. said. 17. Your heart was filled with pride because of all of your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. Mm -hmm. He wow. loved himself. Yeah. Self-loving, self-serving. John, first John 4 and 8 states that God is love. Satan is serving is self-serving and prideful. So he got kicked out because he failed to love. He loved only himself. He didn't quite understand about 
that self-sacrificing love that we talked about in the last chapter, in the last lesson. There's two types, self-sacrificing and self-serving. Remember we talked about the two in last lesson? Yes. That's when he was, that's why he got kicked out because he couldn't love the human race. He couldn't show that love. He didn't understand it. He questioned God. Why are you loving these, these, these vermins? That's what Shootake calls us. We're vermins to him. Little rodents. You know what a vermin is? It's like a little yes. rat. Yeah. So we're like little rats, rodents, like these little creatures. Why are you loving these little creatures? They're nothing. You know, you could squash them under your feet. Why would you love and sacrifice your son for these people? Like for these things, these little creatures. I, we don't understand. That's got, and that's why he can't. And this whole letter is talking about there's got to be a reason. There's, there's something else behind all of this. There's got to be an explanation. We're trying to figure it out. They just can't grasp the fact that God's agape love. They can't grasp that type of love. They don't, they can't differentiate the different types of love. They can't, they can't compartmentalize the different types of love and the, the love that God has, that unconditional agape love, they cannot figure it out why he loves us like he did and life loves us like he does. He did it in such a way that he sacrificed his son at Calvary. They don't understand why, how, why would he do such a thing? They, they just can't figure it out. So they feel within themselves that there's something more to it. That there's got to be a tit for tat or, you know, or, or you wash my hand and I wash yours type of thing. But God isn't in that. I wash your hand. I scratch your back. You scratch mine type of thing. He's like, no, I'm just freely loving you. And I'm hoping that as I freely love you, you will get it. And then you will freely love someone else that you would pay it forward. And that's, that's, that's the whole crux. That's the whole uh goal of God and and the love of God and what God wants to do with us and through us is just to show love without receiving or looking for anything in return and because man does not cannot comprehend the mind of God and like you said earlier prophets Patrice they don't know because they never experienced it they can't get it so we as Christians we who know and understand the love of God, we, it is our responsibility to go out into the world and to show people the love of God, to show them that agape, unconditional love, that when we do things and we do random acts of kindness and then we show uh, and show love and lend a helping hand to someone, don't be looking for anything in return. Not from them. Great is your reward in heaven. You're storing up your, your timber. You're laying up your rewards in heaven because everything that you do and that, that God sees, he already has a, a, a blessing for you because of it, because of the act. Don't look for man to return it. Don't look for uh, it to be reciprocated through that person who you've done the act for. Don't look for anything in return. That's where he wants us to get our mindset. That's why our minds have to be transformed. You know, we have to renew our way of thinking because a lot of us have experienced that. You know, we have that mindset coming into salvation about love, about if I wash your back, you go, you know, I scratch my back, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. We come into salvation with that type of mentality. 
but God's trying to transform and remove, renew our thinking into the fact of no, 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 love freely. I want you to just love, do it, and they will pay it forward. Do it. I remember that movie. Do you anybody remember that movie about the little boy, pay it forward? Does anyone remember that movie? It sounds familiar. It was a movie. I think it was a little boy. And um, he did something. And I don't know if it was based on a true story or not. But I remember back then, a lot of people who watched that movie started doing it. Like they really actually started doing it. And what it was called was called Pay It Forward. And what, oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and it, it became yeah. like, it really, it really affected people in general. And people started doing it. People started doing things and they were paying it forward. And they were just like, they were blessing people. They were helping people out. They wasn't looking for anything in return. They were just doing it. And then the next person, when it, when it happened to them, then they went out and did something to someone else. A random person, a random stranger just blessed them or did something type of good deed. And they paid it forward. And it just, it, it, it really started affecting people. Like people who watched the movie were coming home and they were in their own communities and in their own surroundings started doing it themselves. And it had a trickle effect, a tripling, a trickling effect. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to pay it forward, to show love to those that are out there that are dying, that don't know about God, that don't know about Christ. He wants us to show the love of God, his agape love, do acts of kindness, help out someone who's in need, be a blessing and don't look for anything in return. Just know that your reward is waiting for you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Does Amen. Anyone, anyone has Amen. a comment? Anyone, anyone got anything they want to say about that? Or yeah, I have I have a comment. Yes, ma'am. Um, Go ahead. Um, in reference to paying it forward, that happened one time in the drive-thru. Um, somebody in front of us paid for our food. Mm-hmm. And they ain't know we had seven kids in the car. <laughs> Bless their heart. But anyway, we ended up doing the same thing. And, um, you know, for the person behind us, and mm. I've seen it happen in the grocery store, you know, it's you pay, like somebody's short on change and you just pay, you pay, you know, you give them the money or whatever. And the person looking at you like, looking at you all crazy, like, well, what you do that for? Well, don't you need that? You know, or, the, or, or I've seen where, and this happened to me and Tina a lot, where we'll see somebody in the store and they'll, not have enough money and they'll start putting mm -hmm. food back and I'm and I never get things like don't you need that and she goes well I, it's okay it's okay she said no 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 and it was a senior saint and you know we just went on to pay the bill and the lady just stood there was crying mm -hmm. you know and something that's something so noble and so small but it meant the world to her because she was putting back eggs and you know you know stuff mm -hmm. that she probably really wanted yeah. but you know but couldn't but couldn't um do it but I also wanted to um, talk about when he was, you know, when we talked about how the enemy was saying they can't, he can't figure out why, you know, why God loves us and all that. But he also talks about later on the letter, he says, well, it's not, you know, doesn't really do us any good, but he can exploit that because that's how, if he can get us to believe that God doesn't love us and, you know, we can go through depression you know, for whatever reason, you know, life might happen and we might think we've done something so terrible or we think our life is so jacked up and, and bad things happen and God does not love us. 
and mm-hmm. get us depressed. And then, or, you know, some people, you've seen them so obsessed with love that they can't live without it because they, they thought they had it, but they found that the person really didn't love them. And they, and he says later on in the letter, they said, he says, if all goes well, that's when we'll have murders and stuff. And so it looks like, you know, you take love and take it all the way to the extreme to where it's detriment to the person because the person is not really loving themselves. They need love from somebody because they've never been loved or they, right. they um, or the person is tricking them, making them think they love them or uh-huh. they they are holding on to something that's not real. You know what I mean? Like you could like somebody as a friend, you know, you had that friend you grew up in high school and y'all were just friends, but you find that person really loved you. You're like, uh, no, we're just friends. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that kind of thing. But he talks about how they can use it um, to create turmoil in, in, the, in the patient's life where they end up, you know, committing murder because of jealousy, because of love and, you know, all that. So it's like, so you're going to take God's love and now you're going to misconstrue the meaning of it to make us think that he really doesn't love us. But knowing that because he created us, we were created in love. Right. And so that we, we, we strive, we yearn for love. We're, we cannot be without love in our lifetime. We just can't. We can't survive as, as human beings without it. And so if you take away God's love, then what do I have? Mm-hmm. And so now you got me in the pressure because you, you got me thinking God does not love me. Right. Or, they, or you start reminding me of what I did wrong so God can't love me. So, because you don't, because screw tape doesn't understand it. The enemy doesn't understand it. He got screw tape thinking one story, but but the enemy lied to screw tape because that's not the real story because we've just read that in scripture. Exactly. And the that, he about, did, that, that he didn't just walk away. He got kicked out. <laughs> right. And see, and the thing that, that, that um, the important thing about that, that he's exploiting is it's not the agape love. See, remember how I, I told you there's four different types of love. What what man, a lot of like man don't really understand is the agape love. They look at the euros, the romantic love, or they look at that that love of um, familia, philia. Filial love. Right, right. They family and storage, and they're looking mm-hmm. in that. Type of, what they're doing is they're taking that type of love. Because once again, as far as the enemy's concerned, love is love. Whether it's romantic, family love, whether it's just brotherly love, you know, a feeling of belongingness, being a part of, you know, you know how we have that family love, that that bind, that bounding love for, between our brothers and sisters and our our family. And then there's the the love of of a friend. You know, like you said, that you know, there's a there's a brotherly love, but then some people thwart it for romantic love. One person may have the attitude of a brotherly love, where the other one has the attitude of a euros, a romantic love. Like you said, oh, I didn't love you like that. I we just friends. I love you, but I'm gonna love you like that. You know, so he they monopolize they monopolize on that. They exploit it, and and your examples are very good. Another thing that they pointed out with that, because I was getting to that too. By the way, you jumped the gun. Um, the other one was about the arrogant man and the emotional man. And, and when he was talking in the, the lesson, in the letter, he was talking about how they exploit if the arrogant man um, viewpoint on love is that, you know, he once again has this self serving attitude. So he won't commit to love. 
So he, he will look at love as a bad thing. But if I fall in love, then I got to commit to one woman and then I have to be faithful to her and I can't have all the women that I want and I can't run the streets and, you know, that type of love. So he looks at it as a bad thing. So he exploits it to the, form, to the point where he, this person, the person who looks at love as a bad way won't commit to a relationship or won't commit to marriage or won't commit to being faithful to one person that they'll just love everybody and lottie dottie and and they'll become unfaithful and then with romantic love they would be so obsessed like you said so obsessed in the relationship and so obsessed with that individual is that you know they're this they're living in this fantasy world and this love or romance and and then when they find out that the person doesn't love them they're so obsessed and so embedded and so deeply rooted in it is that now they can't live without them so now they're all a bunch of emotions and that's when he said talked about suicide and murders because love of passion you know murder passion murders because people go through the extreme on the euros love right i just watched that on law and order this past week that was good but anyway <laughs> i'm sorry uh, wait a minute sidebar are they back on what yeah that's the one that was just on um the one that was on last Thursday. Oh, okay. You, you gotta see. When you oh. see, you're gonna be like, you're gonna think about this last time. I promise okay. you. Okay, yep. all right. Because yeah. I love watching Law and Order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, so those are the two ways of, of, of exploiting love. And it doesn't matter which type of love it is, they can still take it and exploit it. Now he accuses the enemy, God of exploiting love as well. But we all know that God is not exploiting love. He's trying to show us how to love unconditionally. But what the enemy likes to do is take those different types of categories or whatever love it is, and they like to make it, turn it into a bad thing. Um, like, can someone, and speaking of that, how could someone take, I'm just wanna ask out of, just to, you know, go a little bit deeper into these types of love. Now, um, we know there's four different types as, as spoken of in the Bible. I wanna know who, who can give me an example of how the enemy can take familiar love or storage love and turn it into a bad thing, like the love of family. Give me an example of how they could take that love of family and, and exploit it or make it bad for an individual? Well, you can look at, um, you can look at children that are abused in their home um, because the child looks at the parent for safety and security, right? And the child looks for the love in the parents. Depending on how the parent treats the child, that's what the child considers as love. So if the if if the child is being abused, that's their version of love. That's their love language, right? Mm -hmm. So when they get to be an adult, that's all they know. But if a child is in a healthy environment, you know, with two loving parents, they're taught to love, be respectful, that kind of thing. You know, their parents are always, you know, they're being supportive, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever. Then they know that that undying love because their parents are always there helping them and loving on them. They understand that. But when they go out to the world, 
and they don't receive it, they don't understand. They're looking for that same love. So even in even if someone doesn't want to be abused because they were abused as a child, that's all they know. So now they get to be a grown up. They're looking for that abusive relationship because that's their love language. So that so that right there, the familiar love can be manipulated because the child never got it. Right. If that makes sense, the, in the correct manner. Mm-hmm. And then you see people looking in abusive relationships. Um, I think I said before, um, I had said before how women, some women are in abusive relationships and they go, if he don't beat me, then he don't love me because that's what they're used to. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah, because that's, what, that's, the, yeah. that's love to them yeah. though. That's love to them. Yeah. Right. Um, who can give me, someone else give me an example of um, how can filial love, brotherly love become exploited and turned to bad. You're talking about like friendship love? Yeah, brotherly love, filial. Like someone who's like a good friend, that how that can be turned. Yes. How can that that love oh. like Jonathan oh. and David? You know if you love me, if if you love me, take this fall for me. <laughs> <laughs> You no, know, you get a friend and you get in trouble, <laughs> but you want your friend to take the fall for you. You you exploit them by saying, if you love me, then, then you know, you'll take this fall for me. Taking advantage <laughs> of. Taking advantage <laughs> of. Right. We going out to dinner, girl. I got, ain't got no I money. Got I got, I got, yeah, got I ain't got no money. You know I ain't got no money. You know, or... Uh, <laughs> 15 years later, they ain't never paid a bill. Right. That's too. Taking advantage of... Uh, what else? Uh, what's another other way example of? Oh, yeah, support. You know. Yeah. You know we have, you know, like even in the church, you know, support. You know, support. You support their things. They never support you. And they never support your things. Um, they look, you know, like that. That that. It's not a, a balanced relationship it's not reciprocal it's not reciprocal there we go. that's it it's not reciprocal you're giving more balanced. than you're you're giving more than receiving right. right and a lot of times our obligation to the relationship because of the number of years we right. stay and get abused and we, we complain about it but we keep doing it so when we gonna change there you go we have what's to wrong with us what's we wrong with us we keep taking that we have to reevaluate mm -hmm. we have to reevaluate mm -hmm. that that connection is it a that's where you have to go before God and say, is this something that you have established, or is this something that I have done thinking that this is something that you've established? That's why I tell anybody, tell anybody, what you tell somebody me? new coming to your life. <laughs> what I say, what I say, who sent you, Donna? Who sent you? That's the question we don't ask. Mm -hmm. We look at it. Oh, my prayers answer. Oh, it's a blessing for God. I made a connection. I was trying to get into the so-and-so business and this person owned the building. Da, 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 da. Who sent you? Mm -hmm. We never ask the question because we think if everything that comes our way is always a blessing. No, sometimes it's a distraction to get us taken off our course where God has us on. And because it looks like a good thing, we think it is of God and we don't know 
who sent them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I got to say on that. I'm yep, you know. yep, yep. And then come to find out, it was a it was a trick in the plan of the enemy. Yeah. Let me read what they say to the answer too, because this is something too I want to cover. If he is an arrogant, because it talks about an arrogant man and an emotional man, and this is what we're talking about, um, the way that it can be exploited to bad. Um, if he's an arrogant man, the man that's full of pride, let him decide against love by making him feel distaste for normal sexuality while creating an inclination towards perversion. In this situation, the man would not want to be tied down to any one woman when he can be with many. If he's an emotional man, let him decide in favor of love by making him constantly strive for romanticism that is unfulfilled. In this situation, the man would be continually and unsuccessfully trying to replicate that emotional and romantic feeling. This will lead to many adulteries. Ain't that something? Looking for love in all the wrong place. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy saying whooping for nub and <laughs> I'm sorry. You aging yourself now. I know that one. <laughs> I know. Oh god. That's God get your wife. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so you you know, so you that's how it can be exploited and how it can turn even though you know we think about romance and how beautiful and how you know we're in love with being in love you know and february's coming next month so valentine's and you know everybody's looking for that love oh i got our hearts and flowers and and da 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 and then you know and it's nothing wrong with that but when you become like i said obsessed and you see a lot of those crazy movies that are out now, obsessed with women, men, and men becoming obsessed to the point where, you know, they're killing the people and they get shrines in their room, pictures of them. Stalking. Up on the wall, stalking. Yes, following. Mm-hmm. All of that. Breaking yeah. up in the house, standing over them, looking at them sleep. I mean, this. I'll cheat. It's too many of them movies out, Joy. It's too many of them movies out. Remember the one with Beyonce? Yeah. Too many of them movies out. Yeah, that people yes. crazy. And then the one with Omar Epps. <laughs> yes. That was crazy. And they, you know, and they, that's just love being perverted. It's it's being exploited. Okay. How about the other familiar love? And I've seen this with moms and sons. Lord Jesus. Why are your son still sleeping on your couch and he's 40 years old and don't pay no bills? <laughs> that's not your husband. That's your son. So what happens is a lot, of, a lot of single moms, a lot of single moms have sons. The dad's not around. <clears throat> the mom don't date. She don't have nobody but her son. Her son can never do no wrong, but her son, but she never lets her son grow up. Mama, so the love, so the love is is um, how do I want to say it? It's 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 in the wrong place. It's in the wrong place because she's not she's loving her son so much. Oedipus, Oedipus. I was wondering if you were going there with the Oedipus thing. 
It is. What 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 now? Oedipus. Oedipus complex. Oedipus. Oh, okay. You know about Oedipus, Oedipus Rex? No. Oedipus Rex was, um, uh, he fantasized about sleeping with his mother and having actual like uh, wrong relations with her. Gotcha. And it was an actual history thing to the point where like psychologists now have a thing called the Oedipus complex where they analyzed certain men's um, desires and see if it's their parent, their mother that they actually really kind of desire. It's, it's mm -hmm. very sick. Yeah, it is. Right, or you, but the moms do the same thing or if when their son gets married, she doesn't let him be married because he's supposed to leave his mother, leave his, you know, his home and cling to his wife, right? Yeah. Now she's telling him what to do with the wife and the wife would never would never live up to the mother's expectations because I feel like you stole my son. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that kind. Yeah. So that love that love is 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 just wrong. It's just it's, in the wrong it's place. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Because the mother is lacking the love of a companion and she used her son. The son yeah. took the place of the companion, right? Joy, am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I just want to make sure I'm saying that right because you so know. Now, Oedipus, <laughs> I, I looked it up and Oedipus, it was Greek mythology, John. The king. Uh, I thought of, he was an actual person. Mm -mm, in Greek mythology, the king of Thebes who unwittingly killed his father and married his mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember now. I got you. Wow. He said, I and thought it was a real person. <laughs> Oedipus' wife and mother hanged herself when the truth of their relationship became known. Yeah, they like they literally teach about it in like psychology and stuff now. Yeah, it's called the Oedipus complex. That's what it's called. It's a lot. It's a lot of men out here. That's why they get nobody get married because there's too many of them sleep on their mama couch. And so. some of them, and you know, and it's kind of like a twofold thing. It, it's it's a lot of it is Oedipus complex, and then some of it, some of it is is um uh who's that dude sigmund freud i forgot what he called it oh uh, <laughs> well, she's going to psychology now the sigmund freud was another yeah every other psychiatrist that called it a different type of thing but um <laughs> another thing is is it's it's not even the oedipus complex um patrice in a lot of cases it's just that the boy is lazy and he was never raised to be a man. He didn't well, she did too much figure. for him. Right. He didn't he didn't have a father figure in his life. And um she she didn't allow him. See, it's hard, it's hard in today's society. That's why, you know, single moms really it's hard trying to raise they, they, yeah, they catch heck. Yeah, they catch it. They catch it. It's hard. A man, a father figure in their lives to help them be men. That's um, why that's why DJ's in military school since his father's deceased. You know, last time he saw his father, he was four. So he's 14. So he hasn't had a man. He he lived in a house full of girls. Me and Tina and all the girls and little Logan. Mm -hmm. So that's why we decided to put him in military school. Mm -hmm. So he can start learning some responsibility, you know what I mean? Because he's the youngest mm -hmm. of the kids. He's the youngest boy. And 
we he can't go out here unprepared for life because I told him all the time the world will swallow you up. Yeah. So he needs that structure, that you know, that discipline, you know. So we just put him in a military school because that's all she could do. Because all the men that kept coming to be the godfather, you know, because they were faded and fade out. You know how, you yeah. know, some guys in the church be like, "Oh, I'm gonna come along and they take him out and eat and play football or whatever." And then six months later, you don't hear from him no more. So we got tired of that happily because I can see the disappointment in him. You know that the you know the 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 father the the man figure would leave you know so it's like okay so what we got now he's about to you know he almost tall as me and wear size 12 shoes so he need to be you know around some more discipline as opposed to us screaming and hollering at him all the time because what i ain't gonna do he can't sleep on this couch he got to go sorry ain't happening so you have to have a balance but some some mothers you know, like you said, it's so hard being a single parent. And then some mothers don't know the boundary of, okay, what am I need to do to make my son to be responsible? Even though I can't teach him how to be a man, I can teach him how to be responsible. Right. Right. You know? Right. And it's sad because once again, um, it's hard for a woman to teach a man how to be a man. You can, and unfortunately, it's 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 you have that situation where the son won't go, the son sleeps on the couch, the son, the wife, the mother, you know, won't you know let the man, let the boy be a man, like teach him. You know what I'm saying? It's, did too much. You did too much for him, and now he's like, you yeah. know, now he can't do nothing because I let my mom do it because you know she yeah, can I was, have. I was watching this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was watching. You remember Darman? You ever watched Darman? I watched Darman on Facebook. <laughs> who? Darman. <laughs> who is he, that? He creates videos that have morals. I'll see you in my next video. That's how you talk. <laughs> oh, no. I never saw him. He's a weird guy, but his videos have morals. Okay. Yeah, there was this one, one video where the mom the mom kicked her son out of her house. He was 34 years old and he was pretty much all day long doing nothing but sitting there playing video games. And the mom tried to show him about getting a job and trying to show him how to do things for himself and he wouldn't do it. And so she got tired, she kicked him out. And so he took her to court. <laughs> She kicked him out. He had no place to go. She was like, I can't take care of you no more. So, it's funny because, you know, the acting is not all that great. So it's funny, but I like to watch him because like, like John said, they have good morals. And she was like, you know, you have to learn to take responsibilities. And believe it or not, that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Because then he realized that, you know, what he had to do, he had to take responsibility. He got up, got him a job, found him a place. And when he realized that his mom did that, he went back to her and apologized to her and, and said, you know, I appreciate what you did. I didn't see it at the time, but I understand what you were trying to teach me and I appreciate it. And, and so he started giving her money and everything. <laughs> I got quiet. I like my Darman videos. <laughs> I don't think I, I ain't thinking about you. I like my Darman videos. 
what about the one around COVID time when he, the guy was selling all that stuff and uh, he was trying to sell some insulin and sold it to somebody? The the Mexican lady was trying to actually buy it for his mom and he wound up selling it to somebody else or something. Huh? You read the the one with the toilet paper. Remember he was at he was selling all the toilet paper and stuff like that. No, I don't remember that one. You don't remember that one? No. I don't remember that door man one. Okay, I think about that one. But anyway. The, the girl wound up the lady wound up being a friend of his mom and she was trying to buy the uh the insulin the whole time for his mom, which he wound up actually selling to somebody else and he jacked up the prices real high. Oh yeah, yeah. And didn't she die? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go back. Let's let's go back. Let's read it back in. We'll talk about that later. Patrick. Uh, I know. I'm sorry, y'all. But yes, talking about love. Now, on the flip side, now he also talks about how it can how love can um also be exploited in marriage now i know chapter in letter number 20 it talks about marriage it talks about how um it goes he goes in a little bit deeper and letter number 20 about marriage and love but in this um letter he talks briefly about um, convincing how um, love can can be twisted or exploited in marriage. And something that he said um, when we were looking at it, uh, reading it, he Wormwood has convinced that to his patients to marry any young woman from the neighborhood who would make it really difficult for him to pursue his life as a Christian while continuing to produce the maximum misery and pain. So he figured that, he, Wormwood felt that if he got married to somebody, anyone, any woman in, in around the area, if he, if he focused on the romantic side of love um, and he winds up marrying someone, he thinks that that also, that also can have a negative effect because um, he'll be so focused on the romantic side of it that he will always look for that romantic side, that love, that flicker, that flame, that, that passion. And um, it's, we, all, we all know that who, who've been married and who are married now that it's not always passionate, flickering, <laughs> hearts flying with Cupid with arrows flying around your head all the time. It may be like that in the beginning, but after a while, it's not, like a bed of roses, it's, it's work, marriage is work. But they're trying to keep his mind focused on the Euro's love and, and pursue marriage. And it didn't matter whether they were Christian or not. They just wanted him to get married. You see, something that, um, that the enemy likes to do, now we know that the enemy doesn't like for marriage. He does not, he frowns on marriage. We know that that he would love for people to be divorced and all of that. But on the flip side, he also does not mind people remaining married as long as there's tension and friction in the marriage. So 
if two people get married and they decide to stay together, they're going to work it through. The enemy will still get in there and cause strife between the two to the point where they're married, but they're not happy. Hello, was anybody there? I was about yeah. to ask the same question. I'm like, why you stop talking? I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened? <laughs> she was rolling. Nobody, nobody responded. <laughs> but you were talking. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. So what he's trying, I just want to make sure y'all out there because, you know, say amen. Yes. Okay. Something. I was like, is my microphone turned off? I'm looking at the thing to see whether my microphone was still on. So anyway, so what he's trying to do is like, he, he, they, the enemy, the devil does not want, he does not like marriage. He doesn't like the fact that two shall become as one. He does not like that idea at all. But if you are going to stay in the confinements of marriage, if you're going to stay and try to quote unquote, work it out, he rather have a uh, friction, um, constant uh he doesn't want that agape love to be to be um he doesn't want that agape love to shift in the marriage even though it's the agape love that keeps the marriage bound because remember the bible says a three-chord strand is uneasily uneasily broken that third strand that third chord is god and god's love so for marriage to work, you got to have God as the center. So he doesn't want the married couple to shift from euros to agape. That makes sense? Euros, familia, all that's fine. Because you can, because he can still exploit it. But when you shift into agape, like the love like God has for the church. And I, the husband has for the bride, like Christ loves the church. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's that agape love. That's that unconditional love. That's where he doesn't want that to, to manifest and to, to, to develop in the marriage. He wants to keep it at euros and familia or philia, family, storage, I'm sorry. Philia is brotherly, I'm sorry. Storage, storage is familiar, family love. He wants to keep it in those confinements. He doesn't want it to shift to agape. So if it stays in those two types of love, there's still an opportunity for the enemy to get in and cause strife because then, you know, it's not self-sacrificing on both parts. One may, the other one may not. One may have a, the love of family where the other one is looking for the romance and vice versa. But neither one of them, are coming to the agape love. So that's how Wormwood, so Wormwood, the, the, the nephew, wants, he believes that if they get married, that if he keeps them over there on that side, and that, and that realm or definition, a mindset of love, instead of the agape love that God is trying to show us, then that there, there's still an opportunity for them to cause damage in the marriage. 
Now there's one more scripture that I want to talk about. Um, can someone get 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. And then someone get 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 13. Who got 2 Corinthians 6.14? Just that one verse. Um, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is the common occurrence in marriages? being unequally yoked. Joya. Are you asking me? Yeah, since you read it. Do you think this is a common occurrence, a common occurrence in marriage? Yeah, I do. Anyone else agree or disagree? Come on, I'm gonna start calling on people. Is Prophet Patrice still up? <laughs> yeah, we ain't gonna have Prophet Patrice still. <laughs> no, I'm saying she's still awake. <laughs> I, I know. Listen, I've been here the whole time. I've been talking the whole time. Yes, yes, and and we uh, we appreciate our input. It's awesome, but I want some other people to talk to now. Royal said, "Agree." Well. That's all she gonna say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why you agree? Why? Give me the reason why you agree. <laughs> she asked you. She said, why you agree? I told you to tell her. Um can why? I think about it and come back? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to come back on you. So, I'm gonna come back. How does... Okay, let's see. First Corinthians... Say what? Say what? No, no he... We, we Come back to us. We're going we gonna, to we gonna come back. Mm. We're going to get both our answers. Mm. All right, yeah. I'm going to come back to you. How okay. does... Listen, okay. how you going to come back? This is a time lesson, lady. This is almost 9 o'clock. We mean you coming back. All right. Oh, it is. A, oh, it's almost eight forty-five. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. My melatonin yeah. kicking in, and my alarm went off. Oh my goodness, my alarm didn't go off. Okay, uh, but we're gonna let you slide on that one. But the last one is first Corinthians. <laughs> first Corinthians seven. <laughs> first Corinthians seven, and it's twelve to thirteen. See, this is why I didn't answer yet because it was talking about because uh, you were talking about being unequally yoked. Now, when you put this scripture into it, it brings a whole nother perspective because this is where uh, where the Bible says, "But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If a brother hath a wife and believeth, wait a minute, that believeth not, and she if she is pleased to dwell with him, let her not but 
let him not put her away. And if a woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let him not leave. This is where the Bible talks about pretty much uh, when you are being unequally yoked for if the unbeliever decides to leave, let him go. But if, he, if the unbeliever decides to stay, you have to let him stay. Exactly. See, because it does happen. Only, yes. you know, um, being married, you know, a believer and a non-believer, that's what it talks about, that we should, the Bible tells us that we should not be uh, yoked with non-believers. That's what it says. That's what the word says, that if we marry, we should marry somebody who is saved. Um, but in the cases where there are situations, because like you said, does this happen? Does this occur a lot in marriage? Yes, it does. It does occur a lot. I agree. And Actually, why, it, why it occurs, because some people um, get married outside of Christianity. They don't know. And then they come to Christ and they get saved. And then wham, here you are hit with this, here, here you are hit with the scripture. So yeah. it does happen a lot. And that's why it does, because a lot of people don't, they're not saved. A lot of people get married. They don't know. They don't go through any type of counseling. They just jump up and get married. And that's fine. I mean, you know, you're in love and don't want to do this and want to make it work. That's good and all. But then when the, when you start, when you come over to salvation, you realize that you should not be unequally yoked with non-believers. A lot of people were um, divorcing. And that's why he wrote that, that little part. Um, it was Paul. Because when people found out, they were divorcing their um, people. They were, they were leaving them because they were unequally yoked. And so he had to put this, this scripture in and he talked about it and give this, he gave this advice. Look, if you are, um, you find yourself in this situation, don't divorce them if they want to stay. Don't kick them out if they want to stay. Because if you read, I think verse number 14 talks about the sanctification. Um, for the unbelieving husband is set apart, withdrawn from the heathen, and blah, 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 blah. I got the different amplified. Because there's a part where it talks no. about the uns for the sanctified woman can sanctify the husband. Yeah. Because that can happen. And that has happened. Where people get married, they be, they, they're not saved, or one is saved, and the other one's not saved. And then, um, even though the Bible does not say that we should but they do so now what happens is the person who saved has enough they live by example they let their light shine and what happens it draws in the unsaved one and then they receive salvation they become saved generally speaking generally speaking yes um the reason why we are not to be un unequally yoked with unbelievers is because of the fact that if one believes and one does not somebody's going to pull the other in the other direction right you pray that the, the person that is saved is the stronger person and is the one doing the drawing sometimes it doesn't turn out that way that is true you're right but prayerfully Yes, you pray that the saved person is the stronger one and is able to bring the other into salvation. Right. Because that risk does happen. There has yeah. been cases where people who were strong in the faith 
marry somebody who wasn't, and they got pulled out of the church and they just started living. Okay, okay. I, um, my thing with that is, if somebody can pull you out of your belief, then your belief, I feel, is weak. Some people's are. Yeah. Just being real. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, I feel as those people look for partners outside of church because nowadays you don't know, you might marry your husband, you might marry a man and the whole time he might be fruity <clears throat> or vice versa. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That took me, that took me there. I'm sorry. But you know what? You're right. You're, yeah. you're right. But it is unfortunate these things are not supposed to be, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, and, I, and I get it because, you know, like Braille told me, you know, about her God and things like that. You know, I was of a different religion. Uh-huh. And when I went, I felt it. And I went with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I literally, I literally just started coming to church. I got my car, and I started coming to church. And one day, he just hopped in the car, and I'm like, oh, "Okay." Took him. He came, and he been coming ever since. Like it wasn't like I said, like you need to come, come on, let's go. I'm. I was like, look, I go to church. I believe in God, and that's it. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, he just he just started coming with me, and it went on from there, you know. To, so it was like basically, I I literally never asked him, I never asked him to come, I never threw it at him like you know you need to. Or, I never did any of that. He literally hopped which in the car is, one day and just came right with us. Which is good, and you allowed you know God to use you as a vessel, and Ian was actually open enough to actually even come sometimes you do have unequally yoked couples where somebody is so dead set on they will not step in the doors of a church because church people are this and church people and that and some of the stuff that they say may be accurate okay it's not supposed to be like this going back to you know the gay men in church and stuff like that um it's not supposed to be as so so i'm not neglecting but where was I going with this? <laughs> but I don't know, but you just keep talking, get the <laughs> I had that uh, much <laughs> to bring you home in the church. <laughs> so people tend people tend to get caught up on watching other people and watching other people's issues, but we shouldn't be going to church for other people at all. You should be going to church focusing on God. Right. That's true. It is, it, and it is, and it's sad that you know that stuff is going on, and that you see that in in the church. You know, like you said, and you know, a lot of people go outside the marriage because some of the men, you know, are, you know, they have that 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 hidden agenda, that hidden lifestyle. There's also more women in church than men, because women are more receptive to God, where a lot of men just want to do their own thing. Right, so you got less men, real men going there, and then you got men who are living, living Sissies. their lives. <laughs> yes. 
But anyway, unequally yoked, um, it's not, and I'm, I'm this is this is me, my interpretation of being unequally yoked. So the Bible says for us not to be connected to non-believers. People who don't believe. Mm -hmm. Correct. What about people who aren't saved, like people who don't have the Holy Ghost? Do they believe? See, this that's another area. Like some people, you know, even go into because women once again when there's more women in church than men, and a woman can be a elder or a pastor or something like that. Can she have a husband that is not that might just be a deacon or a lay member and you know do they have to be equally yoked to the, uh, as far as do they have to have the same level of um holiness <laughs> you know, holiness anointing call in their lives whatever and the answer is no i mean so it's being unequally yoked with unbelievers people that absolutely reject god that turns into an issue some people aren't even open-minded to God. They just straight up reject God. Mm -hmm. Like marrying an atheist. Correct. That would be an example of what the scripture is saying because how are you going to believe somebody who don't believe in God? How are you going to marry him? Um, it's me, Ian, again. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, you know, I, I don't get on people, but I've seen people they be in church and they who they holler, holler, and it has not one bit of Holy Ghost in it. For some people, it's like a routine, like they grew up going, so it's like, oh, it's just something that they do. Yes, church. Yeah. <laughs> some people turn it into kind of like a club or a party. So social. Yeah, you know, it's not supposed to be like that. Like when I come there, I'm coming for God. I need to feel it. And that's what you're supposed to be coming for. And I say to you, man of God, keep that hunger. <laughs> keep that hunger, man of God. Yes, yes, I will. Definitely. Because when you come with that hunger for him, he will feed you. Let me tell you, he'll feed you now. That's how we usually, that's how we're supposed to come to church. Expecting a move of God, expecting to hear God, expecting to see God come with great expectation that God has something for you. Don't go in there looking, um, I got my red bottoms on. I'm gonna get a good shout in today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna hit this high note. <laughs> that turns into the showmanship of church. Right, it becomes a bunch of foolish, foolishness. A bunch of clowns running around church. That's the attitude that you have to have. And what happens is when you have that type of attitude, when the test and when the trials come, you'll be able to stand because you're not bothered. You're not moved by what you see. You're moved by what you know. And you move by what you feel and you move by the presence of God. You become 
connected to God and your relationship with God becomes solid and established so that now you can detect and you can sense God's presence. When you come with that mindset, looking for God, or he's going to show, he's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to allow you to feel him. So when something else comes in that is not of God, you'll be able to tell this ain't God. This is not God. The Bible says so knows my voice. True. Because I've I've sat in, in the service and I didn't feel nothing. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Not a not an inkling, not a nothing. And I'm like, this now nah, this ain't right. I know this ain't right. I sat, let me tell you my little testimony. I sat in church service one time and I started crying. I sat there and just started crying. I said, I this is not God. And I mean, people were running, hollering, screaming, music was going, shouting, jumping up and down. I'm sitting there just steady crying like, oh my God, this is not God. Well, they, you couldn't tell them that. Experience that, sir. Yeah, because I know, like, you know, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not real knowledgeable, but certain things, like, people were preached and people go crazy. I'm like, well, what did I miss? I mean, because I'm paying attention. What did they say for you? I don't know. Maybe they said something to that person and it affected them, but I, I've noticed that, like, I've been through that same thing where I'm like, what's, I don't get it. Like, did something did it go over my head? And sometimes it may. It may, I am, because that message may not, may not be, that may not have been the word for you. But then sometimes, you know, you will feel God. I mean, it, 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 uh, it, listen. <laughs> keep your eyes on the prize, son. <laughs> I'm gonna call you son. Son, keep your eyes on the prize. That's all I'm gonna say. That's why you got to know. Uh, the Bible says to work at your own salvation with fear and trembling. You got to know God for yourself. Yourself. You got to understand the scriptures. That's why you got to read the Bible daily and meditate on the Word of God. Get an understanding of God. When I first got saved, I bought, I purposely bought the English version, English Standard Bible, because I could not understand the thus thou's and those and and waters and thou was this. I couldn't understand all that. So I went and got a the living translation Bible. It was the Bible in just plain English. It was sentences that had, you know. The, the word, the noun, the verb, and, and, and the preposition, it made the Bible like in plain English because I wanted to understand what this Bible was saying because I was getting tripped up over all the different, you know, vows and thus saith, and, and, it, and it, I just couldn't understand it. So I got the Bible in plain English so that I could understand it. And then as I grew and as I got a better understanding of the word, then I went ahead and used and referred to the King James versions and all, you know, went back to the basic Bible. But that is something that you have to do. 
that's something that we all have to do. We got to get this word and get it on the inside of us. We have to read this word and study it. And if you don't have, and if you have a question or something that you don't understand, then that's when you come and seek help. You mm-hmm. call on the elders, you call on your pastor, you call on those that are in position that know a little bit more that can break it down to you a little bit more. That's why the Bible says that as, as iron sharpens iron, so does man sharpen the countenance of his friends, because we are supposed to expound one to another and sharpen one another. Right. That's what, and that's the purpose of Bible study. And that's why, you know, we're doing this, this whole thing on this book, because we're trying to show exactly how the enemy works. His little, his little deceiving tactics. No, we're not doing straight Bible, but there are some scripture references that helps break down, like ergo, about being unequally yoked. This is the subject, you know, something part of the Bible that, you know, later on you go, okay, I remember this. We talked about being unequally yoked and this, that, 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 that. That's how you pick up and that's how you learn and that's how you get it in you, do studying. Now, you may, as, a, as an individual, you may decide to take the scripture that I gave you and then go back to this book and read the whole thing. Read it in this context to get a deeper understanding of what it means to be unequally yoked. So now you go ahead and do your own separate individual Bible study on marriage, unequally yoked, sanctification, marriage, you know, the different types of love. I brought out four different types of love. Study about the different types of love. And they're in the Bible. They're spoken up in the Bible. You can get your Vines dictionary and, and look up the definition of love and it'll give you the type of loves, euros, philia, storage, or agape, and then they'll give you a scripture reference to where it's used in that type of definition. That's another Bible study you can do off of this lesson, how you can go into an individual study. That's what Bible study is about. Give you a little something to run with. Sunday services give you a little something to run with as far as strengthening and encouraging you to stand. But Bible study gives you that foundation to build on. Oh, that's good. Even at that, even during a Sunday service, how many times have you had somebody else, somebody preaching something and God will give you a part of what they said, but bring you in a keep completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Because the word is live, he's always speaking. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to wrap this up because it's getting late and we our time is far spent. And I know uh, Tree's probably going to nod it out on us because her melatonin on kicked in. We. <laughs> I'm still, I'm listening. I'm here. <laughs> Well, we thank you guys so much for Bible study. That was good. Ian, did that answer you your question? Do you have any other thing you want to say, Ian? I'm going to cut you off, sir. Hello. I guess we're okay. I'm assuming that we're okay. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss and uh, pray off out of, of the service. Um, hey, Joy, Sister Joy, Elder Joy, can you dismiss us, please?
This phone, this phone, Jesus, this phone. <laughs> God, we thank you for this class on tonight, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for teaching us about love and how to love unconditionally, Father. We thank you for the topic on tonight, Father. I pray that you allow us to apply it, Father. Let us not be hearers of your word and not doers, Father. We don't want to deceive ourselves, Father. I pray that you would continue to keep us Keep us covered in your blood on tonight, Father. Give us peace as we sleep on tonight, Father. I ask that you abide every tormenting spirit that would try to interrupt us on tonight, Father. I pray that when we wake, we will find things, find all things well. Father, we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.